0: Courting started is being castigated and being uh, made fun of and um, condemned and and he said these words I I got immunized that was his crime that was his only crime instead of using the word vaccinate and he's been all over the airways, uh, calling for him to do this or that. Now, on the flip side, there is a black player. That guy was white. He took his Corvette and drove it 145 miles an hour was when he hit this innocent lady and her child. Uh, he was drunk or high, whatever. Killed the mother. I don't know about... Any others, and there has not been one word of condemnation about this guy. So, this is the world we live in. Not a surprise, not a surprise. But when they tell you you use the wrong words, where would they stop? Uh, Wrong hairdo, wrong shirts wrong smile the
1: thought police are alive
0: and well in america right
1: now yeah it reminds me of a book i've got on my library shelves called snitch culture and uh you want to talk about uh, really being alive and well you just wait till the snitch culture really really kicks in because uh what that man wrote about, well, I think probably somewhere on the order of 20 to 25 years ago, as I recall, um, it, it's, that, that was just the warning about what was to come. And like you said, this is no surprise. I mean, this is, I thought about starting this fellowship with some some significant prayer And I think maybe we should do that. I I think you'll find some things that you may want to add to the prayer. But let's do that. Heavenly Father, I do want to open up this evening's fellowship with these men with an opening prayer. That prayer, Father, is a prayer of thanksgiving. I thank you, Father, for all that you have done in exposing the evildoers. Father, it is from the top down that the evil has been exposed. As Brother Russell said, there's just no surprise in what is happening and what is going on. And Father, you know we here have been sounding that trumpet. Sounding that warning, you tell us in your scripture that if you see the sword coming, and the sword is your sword of wrath, if you see the sword coming as if you were to see the sword coming in your own existence, you would see someone intending you evil or harm coming. You are to sound the trumpet as a watchman on the wall. And if we don't sound the trumpet, the people will die in their iniquity, but the blood will you require at the hand of the watchman because he failed to sound the trumpet. So, Father, we know, you know, how we have been sounding the trumpet to give warning to our people that they not die in their sins. And, Father, the exposure of the your levels and the extent of the sin and the crime in the land should be causing everybody in this land to blush. And I'm not talking about blushing to the extent that they say, we need a new leadership, the extent that says we need a new school superintendent or a school district representative or a new senator, a new legislature, a new representative, a new president all of these things, because, Father, what you have done is shown the level of the corruption in these entities, in the entities that have been built up and devised, organized, (coughs) and established throughout the land, being manipulated and worked by the doers of wickedness. And would to God that they would recognize and see that every single one of these things has to be torn down. There is no cleaning out the swamp, so to speak. These have got to be torn down because there is no saving them. They are corrupted through and through to the core. You have taught us in your word that this is exactly what will happen. And so I thank you, Father, over and over again for the abundance of the awakening, the many in your of your people in this land and lands across the world where they are, coming to an awareness and awakening. But Father, I fear their awakening is not an awakening for a return to you, only that they are going to return like a pig to the slop. And I see it happening. And yet, as we warn and continue to try to warn, they will want to continue to go back like a pig to the slop, like a dog to his vomit. I just thank you so much for the revealing of the wickedness that they might come to their senses But I know, Father, you also said in your word that you would not that they should hear your words and understand your words. Then they may repent. You should have to heal them. I get that. I get that principle clearly, Father. And so all I can say, thank you and that Thy will be done. Thanking you for the bountiful grace and mercy, for those that can see and will come to clear and certain repentance. Father, also we thank you, and we lift up prayers and thanksgiving for all that you've done with so many. Provide health and healing in spite of everything that's been going on. We thank you for the miraculous intervention and healing that you've provided for young Hannah. Father, we thank you for knowing us as as your sons and daughters of Christ in spite of our infirmities, in spite of our our inabilities to to see the the Christian virtue in our own brothers and sisters. I just have so much to give praise and thanksgiving for. I thank you for these men. I think thank you. 30 years ago, the things that they have done to speak out and that they have yet not stopped their voices from being heard as they continue to try to teach family, continue to try to teach others, and continue their own involvement in providing for their children's children and inheritance as well as the children's children, a wise and understanding mind after the heart, you himself. We just thank you, Father. Thank you for the abundant awakening. I thank you for attorneys that are finally deciding after 50, 75 years, it's more important to fight than it is to be Accepted in the club. I thank you for the medical professionals who have decided it's more important to actually be ethical than it is to continue the medical party line. I thank you for judiciaries that are attempting to provide justice in spite of all their masters and their financial handlers. I thank you for the economics people that are beginning to talk about unsustainable debts and these other kinds of things that we've been sounding the horn on and others that came before us sounding the horn on this ungodly money system. Father, I thank you for the exposure the lie of this thing that we call the free press here in America and abroad. Thank you for its exposure, for everybody to see it, for exactly what it is. I just thank you for so much that you've done in the past 20 months. And Father, I know Your purpose is that they might turn back to you. I just don't know that they're ready. I know you know that more than anybody. Father, those are my opening thoughts and prayer here on this evening's fellowship. Thoughts of thanksgiving. Lord
0: I need to ask you to teach us how to articulate your will when we're confronted with the enemy how do we articulate your will not our will but your will your words work through us let your Holy Spirit guide our words so that they'll come out correctly and they'll be your opinion, not ours. When we face our adversaries, and they give us these ridiculous, ridiculous reasons for why they do what they do, Lord, at that time, send that Holy Spirit, that power to come through our mouth and proclaim your truth, Jesus.
1: That's my prayer tonight for all of us. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Russell. I, as you know, uh, here in Wisconsin, uh, we're sort of on the front lines. Um, you are in 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 the news cycle, if you will. <clears throat> we got it's awful the,
0: quiet there too.
1: Yeah, we got the they're trial not letting that out. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know yeah, that. That city of Kenosha has had a three-fold um, murder rate, a tripling of the murder rate in, in the city of Kenosha. And it's an Armenian that's at the head of it. And <clears throat> so once again, we have foreigners in our midst that, that do not know, truly do not know the law of God, do not know the application of the law of God, and, and do not know the foundation of this country upon the law of God, and I'm not talking about 1789. I'm talking about the Mayflower Compact. I'm talking about the Magna Carta. I'm talking about those documents that originate on the Connecticut Resolves. I, I'm, I'm talking about those foundational documents where we pledged our forefathers pledged, I will say, to God Almighty that they would live and abide in accordance with his will if they would but provide for them. And he did. And what we have had transpire in the last 200 years, this, this grand experiment is coming to a head. And I, I guess people still want to save whatever they think they, it is that they're going to save. Six, 700 prisoners in Washington, D.C., have not even been, most of which, have not even been charged yet with a crime. Now, I don't have the Declaration of Independence in front of me, but if somebody wants to just type it in real quick, But I happen to know that in that document, it says that King George was charging people with pretended offenses and holding them without bail.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That sounds to me very much like 700 people in Washington, D.C. in hellhole, squalor-type conditions deliberately being done so that a judge literally ordered essentially what amounts to a SNAP inspection by the marshals to look at those facilities and has been moving people out of those facilities over the course of the last several weeks. And you hardly can hear one word about what's been going on. And not only that, I've been to Terre Haute, Indiana. If you don't know what Terre Haute, Indiana is, just Google it. You want to talk about the federal cesspool, where everybody goes through in Terre Haute, Indiana. You want to talk about a drug-infested, and infested cesspool of a place, Terre Haute, Indiana is it. So I know exactly what those 700 people are going through. Exactly what they're going through. And I'll tell you what, in spite of all the people that say what they say about, well, you shouldn't be engaged in violence and so forth, we now know of a certainty that this was all Orchestrated. It's only a matter of time before the whole deal comes out. But in the meantime, people's lives are altered, their families, and their relationships in those families are jeopardized because that puts a strain on a relationship. Mm
2: hmm.
1: And there are people who, you want to talk about people sacrificing or having, being forced to sacrifice all the pleasureties, pleasuralties, pleasureties, pleasures, I suppose is the right word, the pleasures of life being deprived of it, you just let a federal agent come and show you what that's like. Raiding your offices, stealing all of your equipment, seizing your bank accounts, because after all, they serve the master.
2: Oh, yeah, they're heroes. How are they different than the
0: military? No, How is that and, and that's, different than the military? That's what they are. And these military people and your buddy that thinks they're great, they need to realize that they're no different. They're doing the will of the king, whatever he wants done. You know what I mean?
1: Interesting. That is a very interesting point. I've been thinking about that for the last week. When your king, your pharaoh says, go out and kill those children. Go out and kill those, go out and make the lives of those Israelites miserable. And they've done nothing to you, nothing to you whatsoever.
0: No. No, so when you join that King's Army, you've got to know your purpose. Why you're joining. Are you joining for money and opportunity to go around the world? That's how they sell it, isn't it? Yeah. Pay for your school, get you a family house, you'll be buried at Arlington Cemetery at no charge. All you got to do is whatever we tell you to do. If it's stick a man's head in water and almost drown him over and over and over, that's part of the job, buddy. Dig it. You're a proud American. That's the American way now. So sing your Lee Greenwood song while you drown people. And what in the world is this prison doing in Cuba, Doug? Who authorized that? What's the story on that prison that Obama was going to close? Because he was the opposition to George Bush and, you know, Mr. Trump. It's still open, isn't it? How about it on your resume? I was an FBI agent. Whoop-dee-doop-dee-doo.
1: Well it it opens doors. See and, and that's the thing is that when will the people recognize that every one of these agencies has to be completely dismantled? You know, you, you mm-hmm. got somebody like this guy from Project Fair Toss, you know, he he's been trying to expose the wickedness, the corruption. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and we don't have to worry about all of the ethical, all of the moral, even all the legal ramifications. We just do it because we can. We do it because we can. We raid a man, we get all of his information, so he's got source information, people that have mm-hmm. become trusted confidants, Uh, people that uh, are whistleblowers uh, trying to also out and expose various things. You see, this doesn't matter. I will not, you know, there are people just like the friend that I spoke about. You can talk highly of military personnel. There are people in law enforcement, FBI, and so forth, and you, you hear people have a propensity to want to talk about the FBI as being a, a great agency. I've even heard the big talkers on the radio talk about it and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. And, yet, mm-hmm. and yet, this is what that agency does. And it's been doing it for a long time. I responded to my sister regarding something she had said. And I said, yeah, it's obvious this is not their first rodeo. Mm -hmm. I think of all the guys who tried to point out the unconstitutionality of a Federal Reserve. I think of all those guys that not only tried to point it out, went to prison, not only went to prison, faced charges and, and raids and things of that nature, spoke about it, Did workshops, did seminars, and very little showed. Went to prison, very few people cared. Uh, Very, Mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. Just on and on. And Mm -hmm. then then you go to the Internal Revenue uh, Code. And all the hundreds and thousands of people who who intended to expose that, and yet there wasn't Mm -hmm. wasn't hardly an attorney in the land that could stop for a minute and look and see what was happening and say, and this is serious. So now here we are, 50, 75 years, and 100 years later now, and we actually have some attorneys saying, wow, this is really important. We need to actually do something. We need to you know, pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And medical professionals, you you talk about judicial ethics and medical ethics and political ethics and economic ethics and media ethics. The ethics are all out the window. There's nothing Mm -hmm. to save.
2: No, you have a man...
0: You have a man that shoots an unarmed woman in the Capitol, and he's a hero. Point blank, murdered her. No investigation. Then you have a kid marching down the street in, in Wisconsin or Minnesota, and somebody hits him beside the head with a skateboard. And he shoots him, and now he's on trial for his life. And now they found out that the bystander there that was with him just happened to have a loaded Glock in his hand. He forgot to tell him about it. He forgot yeah. to tell the police about the loaded Glock. Did you read that?
1: Oh, I've I've been following it. I I've been actually yeah I I, I the they whole thing him, like I say they put him on okay. the
0: stand. They put him on the stand and said, did you have a Glock? And he goes, well, I was on medication. Yeah, I had one. Why didn't you tell the police? Well, I forgot. I was depressed and I was on medication. That makes a big difference, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, this, this whole prosecution is really. And everybody going into this that's been watching, had been watching the whole thing in Kenosha and had actually seen the videos. Was just astounded that they were going to try to bring a prosecution, and the prosecution oh, is absolutely yeah. looking pathetic. I've looked at the Wisconsin statute on this, the statutes regarding uh, stand your ground. I, even though the stand your ground law in Wisconsin is is rather ambiguous and subject, that's the way we write laws. We write laws so that they can be reinterpreted later on by judiciaries. <clears throat> that's the whole purpose of this. That's why you have people with, you know, uh, these 28th grade educations writing these things so that nobody can understand and you need then to just let the judiciary decide to interpret it. And whether he's, uh, he's got a right to self-defense or whether he was an instigator or not an instigator and all of these things. Um, so, yeah. See, they I, ought to
0: bring and, charges against the prosecutor, Doug.
2: That's who ought
1: to be prosecuted. Exactly. This is exactly right. This is where God's law comes in and the people don't know it. You know, you started out with a question. Good evening, gentlemen. I know there's a few more of you who joined. Good evening, Dave. It's just another one of these examples where there is so much uh, that is wrong in the system that the system, (coughs) you know, I know... It's the pie in the sky. So many people want to just get back to the Constitution, you know. And, and, and I, I've been the first to say it. It doesn't matter whether it's a Constitution, whether it's God's law. If you don't have righteousness being done in the land, if you do not have judgment being executed speedily, then you will invariably have whatever the chaos comes out of it. And God said in his word, you don't have to worry about the face of man because the judgment is mine. You execute the judgment that I have told you. You do not have to worry about the face of man. In the end, I am the one who makes the final arbitration. And we're just supposed to carry it out in accordance with his will so that chaos does not prevail in the land. And good, good point. This, this this whole uh, trial situation, you know, is, is just another example of uh, injustice, and hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent in legal fees and all of the <laughs> rest of it in order to try to convict somebody. For something they had a legal right to do, and and again, like I say, you look at the statutes on this. You have to be able to prove that you did not in any way provoke an attack. So, for example, if somebody takes you, two of you are having an argument, and another one takes a swing at you, <clears throat> or another one says, "Well, you know, blankety blank, you and your mother, et cetera, et cetera," and you decide. To take a strike at that individual, okay, you could be deemed as being the one, even though the other one provoked you, and then you took a strike at that individual, and then that person comes back and does something which actually kills you. You could be held liable under the statute for having instigated that individual because you struck him when he said something in a mood manner about your mother, your sister, you know, whatever. It, it's convoluted at its core, and so there are there are a number of ways that that this legal team will continue to try to put a uh, uh, a situation in play, and they're and they're doing it. If you understand some of the questions on the prosecution, they're in, in fact trying to lay the groundwork that he actually took actions based on uh, agitation that he had already implemented and instigated. For example, just, well, just having, having the weapon. Go ahead.
0: Contrast that with the shooter in the Capitol. That's exactly. what I've done. Everything that prosecution said I've applied it to the shooter in the Capitol. She was unarmed. There's never supposed to be a weapon drawn on an unarmed person. I forget what they said, but she wasn't aggressively coming towards him in any threatening way. He was going away from her through the door. And it ought to make everybody concerned that they didn't even tell us who it was for months. And when they introduced him, they introduced him like he was a a hero that saved lives. When we all know that this is a fraud, he was just picked because he's apparently stupid. He left his pistol in the restroom one time; just forgot all about Uh-oh. it. Don't bullet. you
1: don't do don't you wonder who was behind him saying just just reach out there and shoot fire a shot just just reach yeah, out there and uh-huh. fire a shot that's who I, that's what sure. I'd like to know I'd like to know who who it was that goaded him to, to to take that shot I've, you know
3: uh, I bet have been we could
1: better. almost exactly I was just going to say you can almost bet it would have been one of those guys like a a Chuck Schumer or somebody else, uh, you know.
0: But it, but it doesn't even get investigated.
2: It, but didn't they just say that Lindsey Graham told them to shoot him?
0: Yeah, one of them did.
2: So, yeah, Lindsey Graham was supposedly there inciting the yeah, riot, telling him to yeah, shoot.
0: Yeah, he was in on it. So let's hold him accountable for that poor dead woman who was an exactly employee exactly. of the United States government. But She was one of theirs. Oh. And, hey, how about, uh, how about this guy down in Houston that's responsible for these deaths? He's sorry. He feels horrible. Has anybody heard that if they filed charges on him?
1: You know, you you watch him. you you watch in Kenosha. They're they're going to try to paint him um, by the prosecution. Going to try to portray uh, Kyle Rittenhouse as as basically in the process of what they deem a, um, a active shooter. Um, because mm-hmm. they've they've got to to try to create the provocation that caused these people to go after them, and of course the witnesses themselves are just doing them terrible because they're <clears throat> they're just criminals to begin with, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're being used used by the prosecution. But um, uh, uh, they're going to try to prevent, present those other two individuals as heroes trying to go after an active shooter situation because that's the only way that they can try to portray this in order to present mm-hmm. it as something that uh, would merit uh, revoking, essentially, the, uh, the lawful um, uh, venue and avenue that the defense is, is claiming, which is, self-defense and uh, honestly when the state rested today the first thing that this defense should do is move for uh, immediate dismissal on the grounds of failing to provide and present uh, credible evidence that number one a crime was even committed and Mm -hmm. and so forth Um, and And the the grounds that that he was not uh, in any way engaged in self-defense is just clearly clearly gone by everything that's transpired in this trial. So it'll be interesting to see, but I know what the prosecution's intentions are in my mind is that they've got to take away that uh, self-defense. And there's a number of statutes that really actually give them the means in which to do it for um, speculation, uh, speculation versus reasonable, I've looked at some case law on that, uh, reasonable suspicion, if they had reasonable suspicion that he was, you know, going to harm them. So they've got a number of these little cutesy little things that they can, that they can pull. And all of these other statutes are written in such a way that, they're vague and and and, and difficult. Uh, you're essentially asking the jury to to determine on in some respects a a legal issue that is not outlined in the actual law itself, and that's that's going to be troubling for a lot of them because they're going to be put in that position. You see, and I think that. If this judge is seeing the tea leaves on the wall, um, it's not going to go well if they continue. Um, but, you know, you just don't know. You, you don't know if he's being goaded to Well, I think the kid ought to be it.
2: convicted of being a dumbass. Well, <laughs> going out with an AR 15 in the middle of a riot, that's damn
1: stupid. Yeah, but
0: that's, and that, not that's the
1: exact, Yeah, that's exactly what the prosecution is going to do, Rich, is they're going to take that right there and say, how can you, with any reasonable doubt, believe that this man was not there, that this individual was not there with the intent to, to cause harm to somebody? Even though all of his actions and all these other things, his retreat, the video evidence of his retreat, all of the various things that, that exemplified that he was not engaging in, in any way, in, in intent to use the weapon until he was actually in a self-defense situation. Um, that's, that's, but they're gonna continue to do that. You can't what tell me this What if this guy. kid was
2: your son? What would you say? Say, oh yeah, go on out in the riot with the AR-15. Yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so that's what the jury is going to look at, and that's why the prosecution is going to play out those defenses essentially that the prosecution oh, oh, oh. has.
0: So oh, hold on just a minute. Let's say that kid was aware that those people were carrying Glocks. Now does it make it so stupid to have an AR fifteen? We what know that
2: wow. in the middle of a riot.
0: Yeah, I'm,
2: didn't I'm just
1: saying, happened. you know, one of
2: the anybody with a oh, brain that back away in the house.
1: Okay, but Rich, Rich, I, I give you I give you the fact that that's what the prosecution exactly wants to do. But let me ask you this, Rich, because two hundred and fifty years ago, two hundred and twenty five years ago, would it have been uncommon? for a 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old to have gone to defend the community with a a a arm of the time, a rifle. Well, See, I'm trying to- wait. Let
0: me ask you another question. You it's been told that it was a peaceful protest, right? <laughs> Don't you live up there? What were they writing about? Refresh our memory. Why were they oh, riding, burning down stores?
2: Because
1: they could. Because they could. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, they'd been getting well, the green light from from people in Oregon. Um, I don't remember if there was a a, a police shooting in Kenosha. Someone's trying to trigger my memory oh, that here, that's exactly what had happened. But go ahead
0: what I'm getting at. Why would I want to go to a knife fight with a rock or a stick? Now, these people that supposedly are peacefully marching around, are they armed? I think some of them are. Yeah, if you're talking about the optics, the optics, which everybody loves to say that word of this kid with that AR-15, semi-automatic, the optics don't look good because they've shaped the narrative to make it look stupid. It's yeah,
1: well, it was it was a Jacob Blake had got shot, uh, police shooting a Jacob Blake in in August of uh, 2020. I thought that I recalled that that's what the original. What uh, did
0: Jacob uh, Blake do?
1: Um, well, then did, that, he, that, did he resist arrest? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just don't remember, you know, because I don't follow those stupid things because I yeah. know they're all just, yeah, so, um, but um, I can do a little searching here while we're talking and see if I can get a little bit of, um, on that, but um, let, let, me, let me see what that was about. Uh, let's see, on August. I don't, 3rd, I don't know. 29 year old black man <laughs> was shot and seriously injured by police officer Rustin Shevsky in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Shevsky shot Blake in the back, <clears throat> firing seven times, inflicting multiple wounds uh, when Blake opened the driver's door to his girlfriend's car. Okay, so he was being instructed to do something. He didn't comply. He proceeded to open the door. And um, you know this is this is one of those cases once again that lack of compliance you know leads to you know a, a terrible aftermath. So mm-hmm. um, well, as I've said before, t- we
0: need to find it, it, out who's who's teaching these cops to do these things. Who's teaching them to lean on somebody's neck at it for? Ridiculous amount of time when a guy's clearly not a threat. Uh, but I've never been a cop, so I don't know what it's like. That's, uh, that's the real world out there fighting the bad guys. So, anyway, I, I will say again I don't know if this written house guy, I never met him. I, I thought it was strange that he would be out there with that. He says he went to offer medical help. Is, is that is that true or false?
1: Yeah, he he, he was there to. Attacked. He was yeah he was he was out there as many people have to you know this is where we're at in the country. You know that your own you know friendly people are going to be subject in in the crossfire of things that are happening, property and so forth. So, given whatever, given whatever you want, and like I say, Rich, I, I, I grant, I get it. I know what the prosecution's gonna, gonna continue to do here is they have to take away that element of self-defense, and they have lots of tools in their toolbox to use. So far, three or four of those elements have been completely taken away by by the testimony of these. Uh, these prosecution witnesses alone but that being said you know we can all say well that's pretty stupid for a guy to go do this but rich i got to tell you it's getting to the point around our communities that men are talking about um being there to protect uh some of those communities so i don't find it uh necessarily bizarre uh that people of all ages would would go and attempt to defend a community because we're tired of it. So <clears throat> I'm not sure that, as I say, I, I get it. I understand what you're saying, and that's exactly what the prosecution is going to use. But I'm just putting you back 225 years, and I'm saying it would not have been uncommon at all for a 14-, 15-, 16-, and 17-year-old to be right there with men protecting property from people who were seeking to do harm. It just, that, that would have just automatically happened because that's the way we were 225 years ago. And certainly we didn't have, you know, uh, the elements that we have today, but it would not have been uncommon. So um, that's what the defense is going to have to paint the picture is that why would it be uncommon for People to want to defend. Why does that mean that that person has now lost his right of, 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 of a claim of self-defense? Because he specifically goes somewhere to protect life and property and, and carries his own weapon in the event that it becomes necessary. But at no time anywhere in this thing had he ever fired or pulled the weapon in any way, in any manner, so as to give anybody cause, reason, or otherwise to think that their lives were in danger. So, you know, um, we can call the guy dumb if we want, uh, you know, and ask where his parents were and, and were they on board with him going and doing this or whatever else, but it's technically irrelevant to me because this is what we normally used to do, was protect the community. And uh, you know, yeah, the incident that gave rise to this thing was another cop shooting. Uh, uh, the guy was under arrest for domestic violence. He had his girlfriend in the car. Um, it had apparently been a domestic situation. He had been tased. Uh, he didn't respond to any of the commands. Uh, then, as they approached the vehicle. Um, you know, he decides to open the door, and the officer steps back and fires. And, you know, um, <clears throat> we can have the discussion about cops and guns, and we can have the discussion about getting rid of all this stuff. Because if you apply God's law, you don't need these law enforcement officers. You see, that that's the dirty little secret that we can't let out of the bag. You apply God's law with regards to theft in the country, and you've got a recipe for success. You apply God's law as it pertains to drugs and so forth. If you're going to do drugs and you're going to harm and injure other people, it's life for a life, tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand, foot for a foot, wound for a wound, burning for a burning. Now, that's going to stop a lot of that, but there's no way that this society built upon this Roman model that we've got here in America is going to go back to God's law until you tear down and rebuild from the foundation. So, I got, I got no problem haul. with...
2: Huh? I said we're in for a long haul if that's going to
1: happen exactly so in the meantime are we going to continue to have police you see because the black lives matter for the right. people say we want to get rid of the police we want to defund the police okay that's great i'll tell you what we'll defund the police but here's what's going to happen when when okay. one of these people goes to beat a girl and she loses her 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 fruit or any of these other things we're going to execute Uh, the judgment of God, and that's going to be the end of it. I can't tell you how fast they would want police back because under this system here, there's a lot of chances. Under God's system, it's an entirely different arrangement. Well, he's got the perfect want, law. Yes, he does. He, he has the perfect law of liberty. As long as man is going to continue to try it on his own and do it uh, in accordance with their own will. And, yeah, people can look at me smugly and say, well, who are you, you know? Oh, so you've never, you know, done anything? You've never done this? You've never done that? I'll tell you what, none of us would have done anything, approaching any act against another individual, number one, at least in that case, and other things with the judgment being from God, because do you want to pay four and five times back for having pilfered something? You know, you might as well just went out and bought it. It does take the profit out of it. You might as well went out and bought the stupid thing instead of trying to steal it from somebody. And you get rid of all, you know, it's right back to the same thing. Until we get the money back into the control of utilizing money properly and take out the profit ability in the money creators, we're never going to see any of this because they have literally taken corporations in the stock market, and they've taken 10 corporations, and they've laid them out, and they've said, look, here's your, here's your, um, here's your competition. You get to know their financial statement. You get to know their debt load. You get to know several key things about them, and now all you have to do is buy out their shares And that is become a major shareholder in their company. And once you do this with every company, every company, every company, every everyone, all the way down the line, you now control and own the vast majority of anything economically that's of any necessity or um, and even luxury. You control it all, which is why we have just a couple corporations owning the major shares in all of the companies. Worldwide. That's how that happened. So while America sat around and said, We like our 5013Bs and we like our 4013s and we like this and we like that and we like getting our usury off of this while we don't have to do anything and they're going to pay us 10, 12, 13, 14% return on our money, we don't care that it costs rich more to buy toilet paper, we don't care that it costs Russell more to buy. Um, uh, t-shirts. We don't care any of those things. We just want this money because we don't want to work for it. Okay. That's a now. Go ahead.
0: Now, what's made the, the show Solutions a good show to tune into? They were apparently always trying because to apparently nothing
1: because of what he did. Let me finish.
0: <laughs> let me finish.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: We, we don't have any control over that AR-15 guy. We don't have any control over the shooter and the capitol. When it all comes down to the bottom line, what do we have control over? How we started tonight's uh, Bible study. We can pray, can't we? And we've seen Hannah improving in a sure-death situation. She's improving. Absolutely. And so, why don't we just <laughs> pick a name out and start praying either against or for? Or, or the demise of Joe Biden or, or whatever. We can pray. Now, now, what we need to do is find out how, to, how did Jesus instruct us to pray? What's an effective prayer?
1: We've the read most it, have Yes, the most effective prayer that I understand is the one where he says, thy fathers will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And
0: then after we've done that, we've done all we can do. And so we, we need to watch and see him go to work, don't we?
1: Well, we do, but in... in, in the Bible also uh, gives us a command to do. So mm-hmm. we do have an act. We do have an active role and mm-hmm. that active role is, is what we're always trying to fulfill in that is, as I say, I, uh, we said a couple of weeks ago, you know, to, to come under attack, just a few of us here are fellowshipping. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you, every one of us, I know, as I said, I know Rich and Nancy spent time speaking before Congress. I know what Russell has done in being a delegate in the state of Texas. I know what I've done, and I know the sacrifices that I made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've gone through that Terre Haute, Indiana. And I've had that Mm -hmm. broad look at me and questioned me in front of a grand jury. And when I told him that he has no authority because this Constitution that everybody loves gives him no authority to do anything against me because there is no constitutional gold or silver coin in which I can pay a licensing fee for our financial, quote-unquote, securities. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you can't do that, then you have no authority. The fact that he uses that authority and uses it unlawfully and the rest of the public don't know, that's because we have created agencies and organizations so deep and so big that nobody knows. So until we tear those things down, just as Gideon was instructed to go out and tear down his father's bales. We've discussed this on this fellowships about how the word bale was the given deity of a locale. That's Zondervan's pictorial dictionary. But if the people don't know this, they can't understand that the bales were the economic deities in charge of the economic pulse in the area. We can't understand that we're being controlled and manipulated. All this stuff that's going on, all this chaos, is orchestrated chaos to keep us, even this whole thing that we were discussing with death. I want, you know, what happens when you die? As I said, I think it comes down to the fact that people don't know and understand about the, record, the, the, the resurrection. You see, because, think about this. If we really boil this thing down, we have to look at the, the situation this way, that in essence, by the church world telling the people this world is not their home, they're just passing through, they are unable to do the very thing that was told that they were to do, which was number one, to take dominion, and number two, to be about the Father's business bringing the righteousness into the creation. So if that is not God's intention, that he intended us all to just to live out our existence with everything crumbling around us and, and, and in descending into total chaos, and even our children's children and so forth being you know, enslaved on the continent uh, that he gave them, because remember the scripture says He sets the bounds of the nations of the children of Israel according to the number. He sets the bounds of the nations according to the number of the children of Israel. Go.
0: Let me clarify as far as as the prayer. In fact, God could answer the prayer and say, Russell, you do this. You take this action. And then the ball would be back in my court, wouldn't it? It would. You gonna you gonna obey? So I'm not saying uh, be neutralized. Right. But what I'm saying and is, what can we control? Right. I don't know, Mr. Rittenhouse. I wasn't there. I don't know who was at fault. But I know they play both sides against the middle and confuse all of us, so we're all fighting each other over it. Mm-hmm. And I know there is, a, there is a righteous decision that needs to be made. You know what I'm saying? God yeah. God knows who committed the crime. Absolutely. And when they commit the crime, they definitely need to be punished accordingly to God's law.
2: We well, right even people. if the guy is stupid, he's uh, he's got the right of self-defense.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and
1: and that's what I'm talking about. About the prosecution's toolbox, they certainly have the toolbox to to be able to put forward uh, a a prosecution that takes away that element of. Um, his his self-defense because they can call him an active participant they can do all of these little things that are wordy in the statutes you know and, and so forth and so yeah we can call a person stupid but in the end when somebody whacks you over the head with a skateboard uh, attempting to take you down and then to get your your weapon away from you absolutely you are you are now in a death situation a death struggle because uh, you know um, uh, the likely intent of that individual at that point is to see you uh, uh, dead or with great bodily harm <coughs> at the hand of your own at the hand of your own weapon so yeah i mean it's uh, it, it, these are the things that um, you know that lawyers live for and these are the things that that they love the legal system about. And they, like Russell said, they, they play both games and sides against each other. And, and we know that they become politicized as well, especially in the wake of these kinds of things that have been happening. Um, none of us is for police violence against uh, individuals. Uh, many of us feel like a lot of these officers are are highly charged themselves they've got military backgrounds where they've uh you know uh uh, you know have have some dispositions that are not good to be in these kind of environments and and tough situations with but we also don't need to second guess a man who's in that position you've already tased a guy you've already done this i get all that i'm not going to stand in that position there we have work to do in terms of, of changing things. So when you talk about some of the things that can be done, one of the things that I've been trying to do with people is, you know, look, I'm, I, you know, Black Lives Matter is not entirely incorrect in that they don't want this, this this police brutality, okay? So what can we, you know, what can we do in terms of, sharing the Word of God as to what it is. And as I say, when you start sharing the Word of God with them and you say, okay, here's the way God's law works, you see, they're going to want cops back because the way God's law works is it's, it's, a, it's a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, a burning for a booning, a wound for a wound, or you can, you can offer financial compensation for that wound and so forth. Um, you can ransom the wound, if you will. That's that's all in, in the biblical record. And so when we start talking about these things, and that's what we have to be doing, because that's the only way this stops. You look at all the drug issues. The drug issue has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. We could even say it's been going on for thousands of years because opium has been used for thousands of years. So if if, if a person utilizes something in which to cause another person harm or utilizes it himself and does another person harm, you see, we're going to eradicate this fairly quickly because it won't be long before people recognize doing opiates or any other kind of, you know, mind-altering type things is going to cost you your own life. That's you know, especially if you do someone else bodily injury and harm and death. But the world does not want to embrace these laws because they feel like they're smarter than God. And Mm -hmm. so that's that's the conversation that we have to have. It has to be a conversation that shows exactly why, you know, this law is so much better the law of liberty the perfect law of liberty because it it's just and it
2: yeah, would have, defund the criminal justice
1: system it would be you start what? using the God's system?
2: law it would cut the criminal justice system by 90 percent.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you wouldn't need any prisons because there are no prisons in God's system. So you wouldn't have the jailhouse conditions existing down there. You wouldn't have a quote-unquote January 6th riot or insurrection. You, You wouldn't have it because it wouldn't be necessary because we would be operating under appointment. You know, it's just like these judges. I want you to think about this. There's a judge... First of all, what people need to know about judiciary is there are several things that happen. You have all these lower courts, and how do these lower court judges or officiators and and so forth, because they call them different names in different areas, how does all that exist? How does it occur? It occurs because somebody makes a recommendation. And so this guy gets on being a court administrator uh, or whatever they want to call him in your area, and he's doing traffic stuff. And so then after he's served there for a couple of years, then, then he now has some, some tenure to be able to say, well, I'm going to run for a judgeship as a district court judge, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And so with very little experience and everything else, they get themselves into these positions. And then additionally, they were talking <clears> – <throat> I've heard it being talked about that there's some Trump appointees in, in D.C., Well, you give an appointee um, for a lower court so that you can get your nominee that you want for your, you know, your district court or your circuit court. And so um, it's a quid pro quo kind of a thing. That's totally violative of of God's law. That is not the way you, you know, put people in positions of authority to adjudicate, to pass judgment and so forth. so there the, are flaws all the way up and down the whole doggone thing. And all of this is a result of the Constitution. All of it.
2: Well. Yeah, some I can of go it go is back good. to earlier you were saying that you were praying today. I was too. And I came to the conclusion but God would have to discipline Gates, Fauci, Soros, you know, the, the normal guys there, Biden and that whole crew, Obama. And I said, but I got a feeling they're working for him. And I said, he's not liable to uh, take out his hirelings when he's trying to return his people around. And they haven't had enough pain yet to their evil ways. And I'm saying, like, that's depressing, because it's like, I'm going to pray anyway. So I did. Amen. By the way, Russell, I'm wearing one of my favorite T-shirts, the Obama apology tour.
0: <laughs> well, I got one that's better than that. My wife told me about a guy wearing one that said, Oh, Lord, please, when I die, don't let them use me as a vote for the
3: Democrats.
2: (laughs) I like that. Yeah, Go Brandon t-shirts are doing pretty well, too, I guess. That's what I hear.
0: But I really don't understand that um, because there's so many better words you could holler than that. How about impeach Biden? No, that's a that's a real term. Why do you have to get down in the gutter to be like your opposition? You know what I'm saying? What's that?
2: I think that 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 is just a step above the gutter.
0: What's that? I missed
2: it. I said it's a step above Uh the gutter because you're getting your point across, and it's almost like a code word. But when you get a stadium with, you know, like 40,000 people all saying the same thing, it's, Uh it's... it's gonna make an impact on the uh the other team- uh-huh.
0: yeah, it gets a response, but it it also what it does is it's really putting you on their level now you're in the locker room you know what I mean we all know who uses the word uh like it's nothing there's a class of people that just use it like it's nothing and it is something it does have a meaning it has
2: several meanings that's what my wife told me about Facebook anyway Mm -hmm. but anyway I was trying to figure out today and saying you know Lord take these guys out of here they deserve your law to be exercised over them. And then I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm saying, like, what it, What offends God the most of all the sins of our mankind these days? And I had to come up with child sacrifice. So I think Yeah, shedding of innocent blood. Mm-hmm. That's the linchpin. And he hated... He hated Moloch, and he hated the uh, the child sacrifices that they did, and I'm sure they were doing those in Sodom and Gomorrah. When they to- took down the uh, Jericho, they found all those poor babies in the jars in the walls. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: when God let his wrath be known upon um, these ancient cities, it's gotta be one of his most hated things when they destroy his little babies. Mhm. Have you noticed how when two uh
0: sodomites have children, they're precious. They're just precious little children. So precious. When this booty check had his twins on there and took off I don't know how many months or Queer pay, or whatever they call
2: it. Do you just shake your head? Talk about picking the worst people in the country to run us, you know us?
0: They named a battleship Harvey Milk. Did you hear that?
2: No, I didn't. In
0: honor of the first elected queer in the United States? How would you like to... Be told you're going to serve on the USS Milk. Guys, go get them. What What's their function? I think their function is to to run fuel across the ocean. I'm not sure on that, but can it get any lower? Yeah, it can. It can get a lot lower.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah, but what I'm saying is you're down there signing up to go in the Navy and that recruiter says you might get to serve on the Harvey Milk. you got to say, do I really want to get into this organization? What would compel you to go join the the uh, armed forces now, you know you're going to have to get a vaccination. You're going to have to love trannies. You're going to have to love queers. You're going to have to uh, – you're you're actually going to put them on a higher status than you. You're at the bottom of the totem pole if you're a white guy. And
2: um, gonna, you know that – Well, hopefully
0: if, uh,
2: they're really doing a good job with the uh, – LGBTQ crowd, and they're all going to get their vaccines. Yeah, I hope. Can yeah, I, I hope. uh, change could, could the numbers drastically in the country? There's all these, uh, these blue cities. We're seeing that they've got over 90% vaccination rates. Massachusetts
1: ninety five, I think. Would well, you guys like to hear some um, understandings of some early Christians as it pertains to death? Uh, we've only got about fifteen minutes here, so I sure. uh, I went and looked at a few and and. <clears throat> Uh, Here's from Justice Martyr in uh, 160. You may have fallen in with some who are called Christians. However, they do not admit they venture to blaspheme the God of Abraham. They say that there is no resurrection of the dead. Rather, they say that when they die, their souls are taken to heaven. Do not imagine that they are Christians Martyr. Did you get all that? Mm, I didn't get all that. Okay. Either, you may have fallen in with some. That is mm-hmm. he's meaning he's meeting the Gnostics who are called Christians. However, they do not admit, and they venture to blaspheme the God of Abraham, as they say there is no resurrection of the dead. Rather, they say that when they die, their souls are taken to heaven. Do not imagine okay. that they are Christians. So, yeah, make a judgment on these people. They're well, possible imposters exactly exactly he's saying well they may be called Christians but he says mm-hmm. do not imagine that they are because they are bypassing that which we know and understand now well, here's what, another one go ahead
0: what's the wait what's the one religion that you become a Christian before you can talk well oh. I I guess there's more than just one, but the predominant one. Isn't that what happens in the Catholic Church? An infant is sprinkled, and from that point on, he's a Christian. Am I right or wrong about that?
2: Yep, that's the only
1: baptism required. So here's another one from Irenaeus. No disciple is above the master. Our master, therefore, did not at once depart, taking flight, that is, to heaven. Rather, he awaited the time of his resurrection as determined by the Father. Likewise, we also should await the time of our resurrection determined by God. That was in 180. Uh, Here's one from Irenaeus in uh, 180. The heretics do not acknowledge the salvation of their flesh, but claim that immediately upon their death they will pass above the heavens and the demurge, meaning the creator, and go to the mother or to the father whom they pretend exists. They do not choose to understand that if these things are as they say, the Lord himself in whom they profess to believe did not rise again upon the third day, rather immediately upon his expiring on the cross. He undoubtedly departed on high, leaving his body to the earth. The Lord observed the law of the dead, so that he might become the first begotten from the dead, and he waited until the third day in the in the earth. These men, the Gnostics, accordingly, these men, the Gnostics, must put to confusion, who allege that the lower parts refer to this world of ours, but that their inner man, leaving the body here, ascends into the super-celestial place. The Lord went away, they say, in the midst of the shadow of death, where the souls of the dead were. However, afterwards, he arose in the body, and after the resurrection, he was taken up into heaven. From this, it is clear that that the souls of his disciples also, upon whose account the Lord underwent these things will go away into the invisible place allotted to them by God, and they will remain there until the resurrection and await that event, then receiving their bodies and rising in their entirety, that is bodily, just as the Lord arose, they will come in the matter into the presence of God. I thought a lot about that one right there, because when we think about what Jesus did, he was indeed three days in the grave, and then... He was raised from the dead. And then, um, if we are to understand what happened for him would happen for us, we would have to acknowledge that we too would have to die <clears throat> until we too were called. To the resurrection in the case of Christ he foretold that he would be three days as uh, Jonah was three days in the belly of the fish so we were given that information and told that that period of time that Christ would be in the grave so it just made me think that if we're going to in like fashion because he tells us that not only are we to similarly uh, follow in his pattern, then we would see a similar situation. And that just, that Irenaeus uh, quote there, here's Tertullian from 207, It must, therefore, be evident to every man of intelligence who has ever heard of the Elysian fields that there is some determinate place called Abraham's bosom. It is designed for the reception of the souls of Abraham's children, even from among the Gentiles, meaning the nations. This region, therefore, I call Abraham's bosom. Although it is not in heaven, it is yet higher than uh, Hades. It is appointed to afford an interval of rest to the souls of the righteous until the consummation of all things completes the resurrection of all men with the full recompense of their reward. By Abraham's bosom is meant some temporary receptacle of faithful souls wherein is even now foreshadowed an image of the future and where is given some foresight of the glory of both judgments. Now the reason I wanted to point that one out is that This is an interpretation of what Abraham's bosom is. Uh, Again, if Abraham's bosom is nothing more than a reference to that bosom, (coughs) which is Abraham's wife. Now, let me explain that. We're told in Hebrews that it was counted unto Abraham as faith. Because... He abided in the will and was willing in faith to do that which he was called and instructed to do. So being in Abraham's bosom to me is being in like fashion like Abraham was in that our faith in and trust in God is putting us in Abraham's bosom. Tertullian here Went into an interpretation that is only his interpretation. By Abraham's bosom is meant some temporary receptacle of faithful souls, and that's an interpretation. He doesn't, you know, he has nothing that he can, he can provide <clears throat> that would end that. Some will use the scripture that Isaac gave us with regards to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. So, therefore, paradise is equivalent to Abraham's bosom. Okay, we can make that equation, but once again, what was Abraham's bosom? Abraham's bosom was his righteousness, what was counted to him for righteousness. He goes on at another time in 2.10, we are indeed confident and deem it good rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Observe how he here also ascribes to the excellence of martyrdom, a contempt for the body. For no one on becoming absent from the body is at once a dweller in the presence of the Lord, unless by the prerogative of martyrdom he gains a lodging in paradise. So Tertullian uses paradise as he's trying to explain uh, martyrdom, and <clears throat> but <laughs> I think it's kind of Again, one of these situations that we have to you know, look at it in perspective and say, well, again, uh, Christ said to the thief across that today he would be with him in paradise. And we're either under an understanding that that day, that very day that the thief left the cross and went to be with Christ in paradise. But we know that cannot be true because Christ was three days in the grave. So, something's wrong with that quote unquote interpretation. Anyhow, I just found that even though previous, and I mean, no, I don't hope nobody takes it this way, is that as I'm talking about these things, I'm talking about them as we would converse with one another with the Word of God for understanding. We want to be sure we're not making an interpretation, but rather we're gleaning understanding, and the understanding is coming from the Scripture. So some of these early individuals, you know, as we see with Irenaeus in uh, 100 and, and Tertullian here in 210, you know, these were contemporaries of the apostles, so to speak. They were some of the, you know, the first, um, uh, you know, spoken uh, Christians that that began to make writings and so forth about their understanding of the scriptures old and new and so i just found that some of those were were again interesting there's more and and a lot of it is colored by catholicism because you know roman catholicism the church of rome was was predominant in that period and so forth and a lot of them you know still did not understand the definition of the word Hades as, as it was used scripturally, it appears, <clears throat> and you know, believed that it was, a, you know, it was a, another region and so forth, even though we have the benefit today of, of understanding the words and realizing that that's not what they were conveying at all. So just a few of them there that I thought I'd share with you in just a few minutes there to kind of wrap out. I know we spent a lot of time talking about contemporary events today or current events. And, uh, you know, I knew that there would be a lot of people talking about a lot of things. We didn't get discussed. uh, Russell, you had sent me the email with regards to Ron Johnson's hearing um, with uh-huh. those individuals that have been injured um, and have suffered in, injury, and then some key people that he had testifying in his committee there. And uh, that's another thing that we've been kind of highly attuned here in Wisconsin as well because it happens to be Senator Ron Johnson. As soon as this stuff started to come out, I'll have you know that uh, Ron Johnson's uh, seat, is now got a challenger. And Ron Johnson has been <clears throat> really uneasy about continuing to run because he ran in the beginning as a businessman, only intending to go and spend a few years um, in Congress or in the Senate. Um, he did sign up for, you know, another, another tour, if you will, or another term and and ran again because the public support for him was so strong. And public support for him is still quite strong. And he's, he's fighting um, to try to right this ship and is very frustrated with, with what is going on, especially with this, uh, this whole um, uh, uh, vaccine thing. So... Um, mm-hmm. It's just a, another example, uh, you know, we've been, you know, people have been playing expert excerpts on the talk shows here about the testimony that has gone on there and so forth. And so I, I, I just responded to all your family there that will link to that email and, and let them know that here's another good, a good link to, to get in your, you know, in your uh, in your history and stuff so that you can keep abreast of things on that website because it's a real good one. I, I, I happen to like the health impact news uh, because I think they are clearly aware of the biblical identity of Israel um, and certainly are understanding uh, who our enemies are uh, that call themselves Jews but are not, that, as the scripture says, are the synagogue of Satan. So... Um, just another, another thing that's going on out there for, you know, giving thanks to those that, that are continuing to step forward and are really doing very difficult and hard things. And if people think that all we're doing is talking and, and complaining about something, I think they're sadly mistaken. And um, uh, we now happen to be the voices that 30 years ago were ignored. And uh, the voices and the things that we're discussing are much deeper than the next election and much deeper than the, than the next school board administrator. These things are, are deeply rooted in these agencies, and these agencies have got to be torn out. And the uh, public school system is another one. Really needs to be torn down. So, um, anyhow, I, I know that there was some mute uh, on some of you guys. If you guys want to have some closing thoughts and prayers, uh, let's let's get it wrapped up. Then I'll stand out.
3: Yeah, I'll uh, just, uh, I can do a quick closing prayer.
1: All right, sounds
3: good. No, my dog's going to bark. <laughs> Dear Lord, we thank you for casting your, your valid protection over, uh, over all of us and, uh, and the believers that are out there. We ask that you continue to do that, continue to protect us uh, as this virus is moving through the land. And the supposed cures um, we ask also that you you guide us continue to guide us and how we can uh, lead people uh, to you so that we can we can take uh, lost people out of out of this country and out of the world and guide them closer to you and make this this world uh, what you want it to be. Make us what you want us to be. Uh, and, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Well, Father, I, I agree. Uh, I think I'm with Rich in terms of the prayers. And Father, we can point some really evil doers. And I know that every time I think of those prayers and and precatory prayer of destruction and so forth on those your enemies. And and that's what they are, Father. They can do whatever they will with us, but they are enemies of you. They reject you, they reject your will, they reject your word, they reject everything about you. And so I know in our prayers for that we sometimes find ourselves recognizing that we ourselves are in sin, our, our, our nation, our people. And, and we sometimes catch ourselves saying, you know, we want you to bring destruction upon these enemies of yours. And yet we can see that we ourselves as a people are acting as that very enemy against you. And so, Father, we continue to pray that you guide and direct, as, as Isaac said, that, that we can be the stewards that, that continue to, to teach your will and your ways to the people, that they might come for a love of your will and desire that will, and that there would be a great awakening and a turning from these ways which have stuck to heaven. and. So we just clearly recognize and want to, want to ask your forgiveness uh, for all the people in forgetting you, turning from you, for not understanding, for not knowing, as you've said in the Scripture. Just remember us, Father. You said that if you had taught our people is your ways, that we would have long ago repented and turned. And so, Father, just know that your people are still not being taught that they could truly repent and turn and and come back to you. And so, Father, we ask for your grace and your mercy to continue to abide in us that we may help to try to teach and to educate others about why it's so important to return to you if we want you to execute judgment on our enemies. because. Many respects, you have to look at us as the same enemies because we have forsaken you. Father, that's a prayer filter here. And we're saying, forgive us. And to continue to remind, to extend your grace upon us for not knowing. And we are sounding that trumpet, as you said, to sound the warning the sword is coming, it's upon us. More and more people, you know, are seeing how desperate it's becoming. But clearly, they are not understanding that we're in grave violation of your will and your, your, your just your general will in the in the world. Why on earth would your would you have come in the presence of your Son and said, "Pray unto the Father in this manner that Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven"? If you didn't intend that we would intend to do it. So we understand our sin, and we ask for your forgiveness of it. Please forgive your people, and continue to open their hearts to receive all the words that they can from within your word that will lead them to that perfect law of liberty. We ask it, we pray for it, we seek it, we, we count on it. And the blessed holy name of your Son, we ask it to be brought to your ears in the most meaningful way. You may once again hear our prayers. We thank you. Amen. Well, good night. Good chatting with you all. We'll talk again next go-round. All
3: right. Good night. Thank you. Yeah. Cool.